Hey, this is Pastor Greg Evans from Calvary Assembly of God. I want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I pray that God will speak to your heart, that he will challenge you, and that you will be encouraged and that you will overcome by God's word and the word of your testimony. God bless you. Enjoy the service. God is in this room today. I feel his presence. I'm so thankful for him. I'm so thankful for the anointing of his spirit. I'm so thankful that he speaks to his church today with revelation knowledge. Come on. Is anybody grateful for that? Is anyone grateful for that? I I tell you, we have to say thank you, God, that you still reveal yourself to us. He didn't just like end with genuine leather. That's not the end of it. He continues to move in our midst. He continues to speak to our spirit. He continues to rise up in his church. He's doing something new. That is a reoccurring word from God over the last month here at Calvary that I am doing something new. It's not new to him. It's new to us. (laughs) He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thank God for the new and the fresh word of his spirit. I want to say a great big thank you. It's so good to have Sarah and Chandler in the house with us today, my daughter, son-in-law. And by the way, little baby Groover was here too today, whether you knew it or not. But uh, Sarah is pregnant, and uh, we're so thankful that uh, we have a grandbaby, our first, on the way. And so it was good to have all three of them leading worship this morning. Amen. Praise God. And I want to say congratulations to uh, Madison and Jared Foreman. They have a new little baby that was born yesterday evening. And uh, the name, I'm going to get it here. I wrote it down. Olivia Estelle Foreman was born yesterday. So congratulations to them and to Lisa and Steve, grandparents again. Amen. And I want to lastly say congratulations to all the Calvary Classics in the room. Because for the second year running... We are the champions of the world. We won the bowling tournament yesterday against the young adults. Honey, hold that trophy up right there just so everyone can see it. That belongs to all the old heads in the room. Now, you may say, what what, old head? That seems mean. I think it sounds really mean, too. But I won't say who. I will save face with them or let them save face by not revealing who said it. But somebody on on my team called me an old head this week. They called me that. They said that was a compliment. Do y'all, does that sound like a compliment to you? They said in our culture today, if you're an old head, that's cool. That's awesome. And, and so, and in sports, like we're talking in sports here. Okay. And so I said, okay, so I just wanted to tell you, it must be really cool if I am one. I don't think I am one. I think I'm a young head, but, um, as an old head, I whooped my son and son-in-law in bowling in two rounds yesterday, and I beat him at disc golf this week. So old heads rule. Come on, somebody. Amen. So when you see Caleb and Justin later on, you just go ahead and just look at him and say, I'm sorry you lost. I'm sorry you're such losers. Okay, I'm done with that. Isn't it amazing how quick we go from like here? No, I'm just kidding. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to see, and I'm thankful for the fresh coat of paint on the walls. Amen. I don't know the last time this room was painted, but there were cracks all over the place, and they're all filled in. Hallelujah. My OCD is happy this morning because I don't have to look at cracks in the wall. Amen. We started a new series last Sunday, and we're going to continue it this week. It's called Great Questions, and God asked a lot of really powerful, impactful, great questions in his word. 
And it's important when God does something that we've kind of, when Jesus specifically says something that we really hone down on it, that we look at it, that we dwell on it, think about it, and let God reveal himself to us through it. And so in this series, Great great Questions, we want to unfold a few of them and just kind of hone in on them for a minute. I want to give you a few that God asked that we're not preaching, but I think it's important just so you kind of see the, the flow that we're going in and what God is trying to say to us. He says this in Isaiah, he asked the question, whom shall I send and who will go for us? That's a question worth answering today. When God says, who will I send? I I don't want to preach it this morning, but I believe God would send each and every one of us. And when he asked the question, who will I send? He's not saying, will it be you or you? He's saying, will it be you? All of us inclusive. He wants you to say yes to him today. He's saying, who can I send? And I believe the very word that he gave through Sister Kelly and, and has been repetitive over the last few weeks is saying to all of us, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ for I am doing something new. I'm doing something powerful in your midst. And he's ready to release it on the whole earth. Can you say amen to that? He asked the question, what will it profit profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his soul? God asked the question, do you understand what I have done for you? When he washes the disciples' feet, when he serves them, he asked the question when he's finished washing their feet, uh, humbling himself as a servant, he looks at them and he says, do you understand the meaning of what I've just done? We are not to stand in great places and to be praised by men. We are to serve God and serve our brothers and sisters and serve the world we live in. Not as people of fame and fortune, but as humble servants, surrendered lives, honoring God and serving others. He asked the question in Ezekiel, can these bones live? I believe that goes right along with the new thing that he's proclaiming to us. I believe dry things are coming to life. I believe that those things that seem a dead, God is raising up and there's going to be a powerful move of his spirit. Candace, I believe prophetically said it a few minutes ago. It's his word, but we are the generation that will usher in the greatest move of God that the world has ever seen. I believe it with all my heart and dry bones will live again. Amen. Some of the most defining moments of my life have been when God has posed a question to me, when he's given me direction and he's asked me, would I obey? And I've had to wait on the Lord and I've had to pursue his word and and I've ultimately replied to God, yes. And if I did not, then he was patient to wait on me to come around and say, yes. Last week we talked about the question, what's in your hand? And we talked about the staff that Moses carried and God used him to release miracles and to bring deliverance to the children of Israel. It was about faith and perseverance to do the supernatural. Today, we're gonna ask the question from Mark chapter four and you can turn in your Bibles there if you want to today to Mark chapter four. We're gonna ask the question, why are you fearful? We're gonna talk for a few minutes about faith to overcome personal obstacles. And the next week, prepare your hearts to receive. We're going to honor our first responders. It's going to be a great day. Would you come? Would you invite a friend next Sunday to come to our Labor Day service when we honor first responders? It's going to be powerful. We're going to continue our series as well. We're going to ask the question, do you love me? We're going to find the faith to boldly live out our witness for Jesus everywhere 
we go. In Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, it'll be on the screen. If you have your Bibles, you may want to write down uh, some notes, highlight it, underline it. Believe it's important to take notes when God is speaking, when his word is being preached. It's important to be prepared to hear from God. It's not hearing from Greg this morning. It's hearing from God. God will reveal his word in your spirit. Be prepared to write something, to hear whatever God is saying. In verse 35 of Mark chapter 4, it says this. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed, Mark says. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care? that we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds and he said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified and they asked this question then, who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Who is this man? And why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? In John chapter 10, verse 10, you don't have to turn there. I just want to read it to you. It says the thief's purpose, that's Satan, the adversary, the devil. It says his purpose is to steal to kill, and to destroy. He says, my purpose, the purpose of God, is to give you rich and satisfying life. Did you know God has a purpose? God has a plan. God has a process he's working through in your life. And everything we face, every trial of life, every challenge of life, every circumstance that's overwhelming, God is still on the throne and he's still working all things together for your good. His purpose is to bring you life and to bring it abundantly into you and through you. 2 Timothy verse one, or chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of... What? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of this morning? Maybe you walked into this building. Maybe you're watching online and fear has gripped your heart. Questions and anxiety has overwhelmed you. I, I get texts regularly... I, semi-regularly from people, people that are part of our church, people that are part of this body, people that are that I know around the world. Fear is real and anxiety is real. I want you to understand when I preach this, I'm not trying to be hyper-spiritual and say, nobody should ever have fear. Nobody should ever have anxiety in your life. It's real and it happens to every one of us. I can't tell you the number of times I get a text or a phone call and it says, pray for me, pastor. I'm dealing with some anxiety. I'm dealing with some stress that I don't even know. I don't know how to respond to what's going on in my life right now. We all face that. The message this morning is not geared towards the, the thought that you'll never have to go through that. It's not geared towards the thought that because if you really love God, then that wouldn't happen. It's geared more towards the thought of this. We all face it, but God is with us. He's faithful. Maybe you came in this morning and you're fearful and anxious about the economy. Inflation. Maybe, maybe you're overwhelmed by the exorbitant. Now, my, my wife is more kind of focused on like the cost of things than I am. She's the one that does the grocery shopping. 
She's the one that pretty much purchases the, the things that we need in our, in our life, in our home, for our family's well-being. She pays the electric bill. She writes out the check or does it online or however we do it. And, and uh, she does that. So she, I hear her say to me regularly, every time she goes to the grocery store, she comes home and she says, you won't believe what everything costs. You won't believe the cost of groceries. And then she pays the electric. You won't believe how much the electric bill's gone up. Has anybody else's electric bill gone up? I just don't want her to feel all alone, like it's my fault. I just need some help here. I, I know somewhere deep in her mind she thinks that I'm just using more electricity than normal, but it's not me. Everybody raise their hand, honey. She's looking this way. She doesn't know that only like three of you raised your hand. Maybe you walked in and there's some anxiety about how you're going to pay your bills. The mortgages do. And you don't know how the rents do, and you don't know how you're going to pay it because the cost of living is so high today. Maybe you walked in today and there's some anxiety or fear because of a report from the doctor. Maybe your health isn't good. Maybe it's not even a doctor report, but you've been facing symptoms and, and situations, and you just don't feel like something's right in your body. And I, I want you to know today there's an answer. God is responding to your anxiety this morning. I believe that with all my heart. Maybe you're just fearful of the state of our country and the state of our union. Maybe you're looking at the politics. And by the way, can I just tell you, just let me tell you from, your, from a pastoral standpoint, and this is not a command, it's just simply an, uh, an encouragement from this pulpit. It's something I have to tell myself regularly to turn off the news. And, and I don't mean that like never watch the news and not be aware of what's going on. That's not what I mean. But I'm going to tell you something. It, all of the news in our nation today, and I want to say all of it, is geared towards drama and trying to pump us full of whatever their particular agenda is. Doesn't matter which channel you watch, which news station, or what, what news outlet you read. It's geared towards just trying to pump us full of anxiety to push us in one direction or another or another. I think you should be aware of what's going on. I, I love news. I love to read it. I love to check out what's going on. I like to be up with current events. But I need you to know something. It is designed to make you anxious, and that is not from God. God has not given us a spirit of, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Maybe you're fearful because of a job situation. Maybe you're fearful of losing your job. Maybe you're fearful because you don't have a job and you can't find one. Maybe you're fearful because somebody on your job is trying to outperform you or trying to make you look bad. Maybe you're fearful today because of an issue that's out of your control. Maybe you're fearful of pursuing the things that God's put in your spirit. He gave you a dream. He gave you a call. He told you to start a business. He told you to start a ministry. He told you to become a missionary. He spoke something into your life to teach a small group or to, to do whatever it is that God is speaking to you. And you're fearful of launching out. You're fearful that you're not qualified. You're fearful that it won't work for you. Maybe you're fearful today because... The enemy's been lying to you and there's some challenges in your life and some, some problems that you've been facing and, you'll say, and you say to yourself and he lies to you and says, you're never going to overcome that addiction. You're never going to overcome that, that worry or that problem you face. You're never going to overcome the challenges in your life. I need you to know something today. The devil is a liar. The truth is not in him. And the word of God is yes and amen. His promises are for you. And it says his will for you, his purpose for you is to give you a life and life more abundantly. If you need abundant 
abundant life today and you believe God wants to give it to you, would you just give the Lord a shout of praise right here, right now? I believe God wants to give abundant life to every person in this room, everybody online, and everyone who hears this message. There is an abundant blessing from God for you individually. Sometimes we hear the blessings of God and we like to lump them into a corporate setting. Like, oh yeah, God wants to bless all of us. And he does. But you're part of us. You need to personalize the word of God. You need to realize that God's talking to you as much as he's talking to me or anyone else in this room today. He wants to bless you. One of the greatest truths of Christianity is the promises of God are yes and amen. They are for you. He is for you. And fear is the most common reaction to a challenge in our life. We have all kinds of emotions. But anxiety and fear is the most common reaction to an unexpected challenge that rises up. It is. I wonder, you don't have to raise your hand, but I wonder just this week how many of us would say something unexpected happened and it caused me a moment or a day or a few hours or a few, a few days of anxiety. It just overwhelmed my thoughts. I didn't know what to do. Fear is the most common reaction to an unexpected event, something when we're caught off guard, even for Christians. It's how we tend to respond, but God gives us an antidote, and I think the antidote is this. It's called faith. Everybody say faith. Fear is conquered by faith. Fear is conquered by when we put our trust in God. Sometimes, friend, I just, I, I made it clear, every one of us face it. Every one of us deal with anxiety and fear. But sometimes, we just have to call the word of God out loud when we don't know what else to do. We just have to begin to speak the promises of God even though we don't know how it's going to apply to our life, even though we don't understand what we're going to do in this moment. We have this sense of fear. We have this sense of anxiety. But in that moment, you need to call on the name of God. Come on, someone. You need to get out the word of God and start just reading the promises of God and declaring the praises of God. And I want you to know something. When you begin to do that, the spirit of God moves in. You usher in an atmosphere where he begins to move on your behalf, speak life over you, and the fear begins to fade and the faith begins to rise and victory becomes yours. Faith is the antidote to fear. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of having a little child in your home, a toddler, a, a young one, and you, you're giving them a bath and you're having to wash their hair and you even buy the no cry shampoo but I promise you, if they're scared, they're afraid, everyone, I've never, all three of my kids, I never tried to wash their hair, give them a bath. You didn't put the shampoo on and they started crying. I don't want it in my eyes. And you just say to them something like this. You just say, okay, it's, daddy's got you. Just hold your head back and just look up at daddy. I promise I'm not going to get shampoo in your eyes. I promise. And you know what? Your promise is real if they would just be still. <laughs> Is that true? Like, I promise I'm not going to get shampoo in your eyes, but you can't move. <laughs> if you'll hold your head back, just look at me. I'm going to make sure the shampoo stays on your head and the water rinses it out and everything's going to be good. But the minute a drop of anything touches their head, they start going, Aah! and shampoo gets in the eyes. <laughs> and they never believe you again. <laughs> Anyone ever had that happen? 
You know, the word of God tells us over and over, kind of like, kind of like dads or moms talking to their children. God often says, hey, look up. Hey, just watch me. Keep your eyes on me. I promise you, yes, you got to go through a little bit of discomfort. Yes, you got to go through a little challenge here. You're not going to really like what you're going to feel for just a moment. But I promise you, if you'll keep your eyes on me, I'll take care of you. I've got you. It's going to be okay. I promise. If you'll just do what I tell you to do, everything's going to be all right. Psalm, my, one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 121. This is what it says. It says, I look up to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you. He's your protector and your shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come, as you go, both now and forever. Somebody shout forever. Come on, the Lord's watching you. He's watching over you. Look to him. He knows what you're going through. And he knows how to protect you. He knows how to keep you. And he will never let the shampoo get in your eyes. He won't. But we do this too much. We do. Now, we're not talking about just a human here. We're talking about God Almighty. If he says, look at me, keep your eyes on me, I won't let it happen. God will not let it happen. He's faithful. He's more faithful than any earthly father ever could be. But in this account we read this morning, there's a sudden storm that comes up. Everybody say sudden storms. Sudden storms. Anybody ever had a sudden storm in their life? When sudden storms come up, we need to remember that in Matthew 28, Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Come on, he's with you. Look at your neighbor and say, God's with you. I mean, just, pro, just, just say that over their life. Look at them and say, now I want you to look at a different neighbor because I think it's so important. Look at a different neighbor, neighbor even if it's across the aisle, and just say, say it out loud and say, God's with you. God's with you. God is with you, friend. Now, that's an important thing you can take home from, with you today. You can carry that with you today. You can just tell yourself, you can tell the devil, you can tell your neighbor, you can tell your spouse, God's with me. God's with me. I am not going to fear because God is on my side. God is with me. He's in this car with me. He's in, my, he's in my home with me. He's in my relationship with me. He's in every detail of my life. God is with me, even when sudden storms come up. Verse 35 says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side. How could the creator of the universe not know that a storm was coming? I think that's one of the most kind of important aspects of this text. Jesus, almighty God, tells his disciples to get in a boat, even though there's a storm coming. Now, they didn't know there was a storm coming. But God knows everything. God understands everything. Well, I, I'm not here to debate with anyone today whether God chose, whether Jesus chose to know the future in that moment or not, whether he just kind of, what, what, whatever, he had laid aside his ability to be God and became a man, but he was still God. So I don't want to get into like the debate. I just want you to know Jesus knows everything. And whether he was consciously aware in the moment that that storm was going to happen or not, that's irrelevant to the story that is before us. 
Because the story before us says this, the account before us says this, that they're in the boat and just, and you read some commentators, I don't have time to read it right now, but you read commentators, it was common for these storms to come out of nowhere in this location. It was common because of some high mountain peaks and some cold air and hot air meeting together. It happened frequently. But Jesus would have known that it was possible for sure, but he knew that it was going to happen. And he goes in and lays his head down on a pillow. And the disciples are doing what they're supposed to do. And this storm comes up. And I think it deals with a a real important theological question. Because we have this crazy idea that Difficult things don't come from God. I don't believe that's true. I, whether God causes them or not is one thing, but God allows difficult times in our life. And we have some really bad theology if we're telling people all the time that everything with God, and, and if we'll just serve God, then all your problems will go away. <laughs> If you'll just serve Jesus, then everything will be okay. You'll have no more issues, no more challenges. All we do is set people up for failure and for rejection of Jesus Christ in their life. If we tell people, come to Christ and he'll take care of all your problems, that's a true statement, but only to the degree that they allow him to take care of it and walk through it with him. We cannot believe for a moment that if we give our life to Jesus Christ, that no problems will ever occur again in our life. It's contrary. But have you, have you ever talked to somebody that said, how could a loving God allow this to happen to me? Have you ever heard that question? If God really loved me, why would this take place? If God really loved me, how could he allow my loved one to pass away? How could he allow my son, my daughter to have this situation? How could, they allow, how could he allow sickness or disease? But God never promised to keep us from trouble. What did he promise? To keep us in trouble. Behold, I am with you always. Whatever you're going through. Remember the three Hebrew children in the Old Testament? God didn't deliver them from the fire. He delivered them in the fire. God doesn't always deliver us from things. He delivers us through them. The Bible says this about the three Hebrew children. They don't even smell like smoke when they get out. The flame, it says the flame didn't even kindle on them. It it never, it didn't singe their clothes. Why? Because Jesus was in the fire. He is with us always. I don't know what your particular trial is today. I don't know what kind of fear or anxiety you walked in here with. Some of you, it may be a a light burden that you're carrying. Others, it may be a great burden that you're carrying. And it's overwhelming your thoughts. It's overwhelming your life. I just want you to know God is with you. He will never leave you. The flame will not kindle upon you. You're going to walk out of this thing if you'll obey Jesus and walk with Jesus without even smelling like smoke. You will. Jesus didn't avoid the cross of Calvary, but he was delivered and triumphed over Calvary. I I think, as I dwell on this, as I think about this, and I don't like trials, I don't like tribulation. But as I look back on my life and I think of all the things I've come through, whether they were little problems or bigger problems, I tell you, I am more thankful that I came through them than if I had been delivered from them. Because I learn, I grow, I become better, and I'm able to help others. We have too much weak theology today. 
And I, I love every preacher out there. They're all doing, many of them are doing great jobs speaking the word of God. Even those that sometimes seem to always preach a positive message. I'm not bashing anyone today. But I want you to know, we cannot tell the world that if you serve Jesus, then everything's going to be hunky-dory from now on. Things are going to get worse, by the way, as time moves on and on. Challenges are going to arise. The world's not going to do well. But we can't let it overwhelm us. That's why we, I open this up by saying, if you're worried about the economy, if you're worried about the state of our union, don't. We have to go through these things, but God is with us. By the way, read the end of the book, The Church Triumphs. Hallelujah. What we can't expect always is that the presence of Jesus is near. Jesus is king. In the year 1014 to 1035, there was a ruler over England. He was a Danish king. His name was Canute. And King Canute, tired of hearing his attendants flatter him with extravagant praises of his greatness, his power, and his invincibility, he ordered his throne to be carried down to the seashore where he commanded the waves to not come in and to not soak him. And no matter how forcefully he ordered the tide to not come in, it still came. <laughs> And it did not obey. Soon the waves overlapped him and all around his throne. And one historian writes this. He says, therefore, King Canute never wore his crown again, but he hung it instead on the statue of a crucified Christ. Friend, there's only one king who can control the wind and the sea. There's only one who has power to speak to life and to transform everything around us. His name is Jesus. He wears the crown, not you and not me. And we need to submit to his authority, submit to his power, and quit worrying and living in fear of what's going on around us. Just because you speak to something and it doesn't change or it doesn't understand, God is in control. Verses 36 of our text this morning says, so they took Jesus in the boat and he started out leaving the crowds behind and some other boats followed. But soon there's this fierce storm that rises, high waves, and they're breaking over the boat and the boat fills with water. But Jesus is asleep with his head on a cushion. He's resting. And Mark's the only one that tells us that there's other boats that join along. The other gospels tell the story. They don't mention that there's other boats. I think this is important. I want, I, want to, I want to address this because fear grips all of us. But when we understand that God is with us and the saving grace of God is working through us, not only does the grace of God affect me, but I become a conduit of the grace of God to affect others. If, listen, if I walk around in fear and anxiety all the time, don't you know that affects people around me? But if I'm also walking in faith and obedience, if I'm walking in this place of watching the miracle working hand of God, working, don't you know that affects everybody around us? God's grace is sufficient, not only for you, but for the people that you love, the people you work with, the people in your community, the people at the grocery store, at Walmart or Target or wherever you go. I want you to know something. God's grace, these other boats had come along. The Bible doesn't mention a lot about them, but Mark makes it a point to put that there's other boats that followed. And when that storm settled, when those waves came to a, to a screeching halt and they saw the miracle working hand of God, every boat was affected by it. The miracle working power of God in your life isn't just for you, it's for your children and their children. 
It's for your neighbors and your co-workers and your church family. You need the miracle working power of God in your life as a testimony and a revelation to the world that Jesus is alive. That he's still working. That he's still moving. And that his promises are still true. Hallelujah. There's this great distress, but this miracle takes place. They wake him up. They wake up Jesus and, and, and he calms the storm. And everyone that's present receives the miracle. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, God whispers to us in our pleasure. He speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts to us in our pain. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what storms of life maybe crept up out of nowhere this week or this month or in recent days. But God is shouting something to you today. He's shouting to you to look up to him for he is where your help comes from. He's shouting to you to trust in him. He's about to do a new thing. He's shouting to you that he is with you always, even unto the very end of the age. Sometimes we miss a parable and we just have to go through the problem. (laughs) Yeah, God gives us all these stories. He tells us everything. It's all right here. But when we can't get it this way, he'll give it to us through an experience. And he'll say, look, I'm with you. I'm walking with you through this. I'm going to bring victory. Now, I believe Jesus is asleep in the boat for two reasons, and I want to give them to you quickly. Firstly, he was tired after ministry. He had just been ministering. He had been giving of himself. And he gets in the boat, and he's exhausted. This speaks to his humanity. Jesus had laid aside his ability to be God, and he became a man. He's asleep in the boat because we all get tired. (laughs) Can I get a witness? Is there anyone that gets tired in here? And I don't just mean tired after after bowling two games last night. I mean tired from life. I mean tired from circumstances. I mean tired from the the rigmarole and the, the constant going and doing and dealing with life issues. It overwhelms us sometimes. Doing ministry, doing your job, serving your family. We can all grow weary Jesus and his humanity was tired. He goes on the boat. He lays down. He goes to sleep. But then there's a need for his power to show. If he hadn't gone to sleep, they wouldn't have had to wake him up. He was saying, I can trust God. I already know what's going to happen. I'm just trusting the Father. My Father in heaven's in control of all things. He called me here. He has a plan for me. And I'm not going to let anything, he's not going to let anything happen to me. I'm going to just trust the Lord. And so this speaks to his divinity. He is God. He is God. He's all powerful. He had no need to fear. And that's why when when they wake him up, he's a little, I don't know if he's frustrated. I don't know. I can't pretend to understand all of God's emotions. But Jesus says, what? You don't have any faith yet? After all the miracles you've seen me do, after everything that's happened in, in, in this time with me, you don't have enough faith to believe that God is on the throne. My father is watching out for us. Great man of God, he, uh, he married my parents, I believe, Eddie Barg, he married them, he was a pastor then, he, he came to Europe whenever we, I was, we lived in, uh, in Germany and I was about 13 or 14 years old and, and Eddie Barg came to preach for us, he pastored Calvary Assembly in uh, Winter Park for a number of years and a great revival had come through his ministry there and, and God had moved and, uh, <clears throat> and he came to preach for us. And he shared the story on the flight to, uh, to Germany. There were a lot of 
turbulence, like more than normal. He flew a lot. This was more than average, and it was really uh, affecting people on the on the flight, they were getting very fearful for their life because it was severe and there was, there was a lot of things going on. And he said he had a, just a real calming sense of God's presence and peace. And God spoke to him and he said, it's okay because I've called you where you're going. I'm going to get you there. And so he asked one of the, the stewardesses as they were trying to calm people, he said, Could, would you by chance allow me to speak into your, into your microphone? I have something to say to everybody that I think will help. And because it was so bad, she went out of the protocol and she just said, okay, come on, whatever you can do. And she gives him the little speaker and he says to them, he says, I need to tell y'all something. I'm a pastor, I'm an evangelist, and God has called me to preach the gospel in, in Baumholder, Germany. And he just whispered in my spirit and told me that he didn't change that call. He already called me there and he's gonna get us there because I have a word to release to those people and it's going to be okay. He said instantly, the attitude of everybody on that plane changed why because we can have faith in God that even in the storms of life he is with us and he's going to get us where he's called us to and by the way if he has some ulterior plan for our life and we don't make it he's still in control he's working everything together for good the secret to survival to God's deliverance is found here in these last few verses of our text when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds and he said to the waves, silence, be still. Jesus just gets up and he speaks to the storm almost like it's a child. Hush. Don't say another word. I, I think when he says, don't you have any faith to the disciples? I think he's saying the same power that is in me is in you. I think he's saying, what in the world are you fearful of? You have power over this same storm. He's trying to help them see that there's going to be more storms in life and one day he's going to be gone. He's trying to help them understand that all the parables I've been teaching, all the things I've been saying to you, they're yours for the taking. All you've got to do is step out in faith and begin to walk in it. What are you afraid of? I believe he's posing that same question to the church today. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of in your storm of life? What are you afraid of in the circumstances you're facing, the challenges you're facing? Something's overwhelming you. Your job, your career, your education, your family, whatever it may be. What are you afraid of? I am with you always. God was never overwhelmed. He's not overwhelmed by your circumstance. I know it's big this morning. I'm wrapping this up, but I know your circumstance is overwhelming. But it's not overwhelming to God. Your problem, your challenge, it's not a surprise to him. Our faithful father is promising you this morning that he's not going to get shampoo in your eyes. I know that seems simplistic, but the things that we make difficult, God says they're not difficult at all. This isn't going to hurt you. I'm with you. Jesus is demonstrating that he's fully God in this moment. He's trying to reveal to them he needed this moment. He's trying to reveal to them that even though the storm is bigger than we are in the natural, the power of God is in us and we can fulfill the very prophetic word that he spoke long ago. He's actually fulfilling Psalm 89 here in verses 8 and 9. This is, what, this is what the psalmist wrote. Oh Lord, God of heaven's armies, where 
Is there anyone as mighty as you? Oh, Lord, you are entirely faithful. You rule the oceans. You subdue their storm-tossed waves. Jesus rises up off of that pillow in a deep sleep, understanding that God is faithful and will never fail them, never forsake them. And in that moment, he says, this word has already been prophetically spoken about in time gone by, and I'm not gonna let this teaching moment pass me. I am releasing the very power of the word of life over this storm, and peace be still. Silence! And I'm just telling you, there's some storms in your life this morning. There's some things that you walked in here overwhelmed with. There's some concerns you have. They may be little to someone else, but they're big to you. They may be big to other people as well. I want you to know something. You have authority through the word of God, through the promises of God as sons and daughters of God to speak to the storm of your life and to tell it to be silent. It has no place to control your life any longer. Now, just because you speak to it, listen, it, it, may, not, it may look like it still has some, there may be some clouds in the sky, there may be some swirling going around. There may be some challenges you, you think you see out there, but I want you to know something. Peace comes when you begin to speak the promise of God over your circumstance. The peace may not come to everybody around you initially or at first, but when you get the peace of God in your spirit, you will walk, even like, even like Peter did, you can walk on the water. You can get out of the boat because the storm does not control you. That's the word of the Lord this morning to someone in this room. The storm is not in control of your life. Why are you fearful? Some of you have been letting the storms of your life control you. It's been stopping you from pursuing the plan and the purpose and the call of God on your life. I'm speaking to some people in this room. There's some of you in this room, listen to me, there's some of you in this room that you know God's called you. You know God's put a call in your life to share the gospel, to, to share the love of God, the power of God with others. But you are so fearful that you don't deserve it, that because of your past, because of your problems, because of everything, you're, that you can never do it because of where you are. I want you to know, you, it's time today. I'm talking to some people that may, you may not even think you're really where you need to be with God. And you may not be. That's okay. But if you know God, if you love God, and you're just struggling with some things in your life, today's the day to talk to that thing and tell it to be silent. You have no authority over me. I'm a child of God. And I don't have any fear. Sometimes we've got to speak to the things that are not as though they are so that God can bring them to pass according to his will, his way, his time. The problem is, as Christians, because of the weak theology that I think the church has gone through in so many, not all of us, and not, not every church, I don't mean that, but so, so long we've gone through this whole thing of like, well, if you, if you just love God, it'll all be okay. It'll all work out. Just trust the Lord. Well, that's hogwash. Yes, trust the Lord, but there's still going to be storms. There's still going to be problems. you got to get the faith to rise up and to call it what it is and to identify it, not from God, but from the enemy, and say that peace must be still in my life. There must be a, a, a process says for God to work through my life. And that only comes when I call silence to the storm. Silence to the storm. There's some of you in this room today, you're going through a storm. Maybe it's been a, a long perpetual storm. Maybe it's a new storm that just came out of nowhere. But God is telling you to speak to it today. Some of you, he's telling you to get out of the boat like Peter and walk on water. But there's supernatural power this morning to overcome the storms of your life. This morning, I want to ask you, if you're here 
and there's a storm in your life. Maybe it's spiritual, maybe it's physical, maybe it's financial, maybe it's relational. I cannot, it could be any number of things. But there's fear to obey God or fear to respond to the circumstance around you and you just want to overcome. You're ready for God to speak peace over your storm. Would you stand with me? If that's you right now, just stand where you are. Just stand where you are. There's people standing. Come on, there's, there's storms. Maybe, I, I think there's some, it's, it's a mental. For some of you, it's mental. There's a mental storm. It just, just plagues your mind, just, just concern and anxiety over things. Just stand. We're just going to wait on the Lord. I don't want any music yet. You can come, but just don't play anything yet. There's a perpetual storm. There's a fresh storm out of nowhere. The Spirit of the Lord is in this room. Peace. We're speaking peace this morning over storms. In fact, I'm believing, I'm just having the faith right now in my spirit. I'm not Jesus. I'm not, like, I'm not trying to be weird about this. But I believe because you stood to your feet, I believe it's just like Jesus waking up off the pillow right now. And he's just, because of your faith, he's just saying right now, just, just you're, you're kind of shaking him. You're saying, God, I don't know what to do here. I, I need some help. And he's just saying right now, right now, peace. Be still. Silence. Sil- there's some other people that you still need to stand. I'm waiting because I feel the Holy Spirit so very strong right now. And there's a storm that has been brewing. I'm talking to somebody right now that it has been, it has been lifelong. It has been years long. And you know God is calling you right now. And you're not standing because you simply don't know what to do. You are in fear. You're almost paralyzed from the fear of the enemy. That he's told you, if I respond to God and I fail again, what will I do? Don't worry about the failure. Don't worry about the problem. I'm telling you, God is speaking to storms this morning. That is a word from God. There's peace. There's victory over this storm. Just going to wait another minute. God is speaking. Just respond. Just respond. Jesus, Jesus. If you're filled with the Spirit of God this morning, would you just begin to pray? Come on, don't look at me. Just start praying. Just start praying. We're going to just, just keep standing for another minute. Jesus. Trust in me, says the Lord. Lean on me, says the Lord. Do not depend on your own reasoning, on your own processes, or your own plans. Put your trust in me. Step out in faith today. Obey my very word of promise in your life, says God. Know that I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never walk away and leave you hanging. I am with you, says the Lord. I am supporting you. I am on every side of you. I am under you, supporting you. I am above you, protecting you. I am your God, and I proclaim my promises over you. Arise and obey my word. 
move out of the place of fear and into a place of faith, into a place of my provision, into a place of my safety, into a place of my victory for you, and not only for you, but through you to others. Obey obey me this morning. Obey my rhema word, my living word, as it is revealed in your spirit. For this is the hour, says the Lord. This is the time I'm arising. I'm doing something fresh. I'm doing something new corporately, yes, but I am doing it personally in you if you'll respond by faith today to me. Obey me. This is the moment. This is the time. This is the hour. Step out, says the Lord of hosts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's still just a moment to just stand. If you need to just overcome, you're just needing to speak peace over a storm. I'm just waiting. There's someone, the enemy's very, fighting very difficult right now. He's just fighting. He's pulling. It's almost like you feel glued to your seat. You just got to stand up. You just got to believe that this is for you. Jesus. Would you just begin to play softly? Thank you, Jesus. Just for a moment. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. This word is as much for someone who's not serving God as for everyone that is. If you're in this room, your storms are in part because you haven't put your total faith in God. And if you're here and you say, I'm I'm ready to put my faith in God, I'm ready to serve the Lord. I'm ready to walk away from these things that that have been holding me back. Those are the storms. You're ready to walk out of that. Just stand up. This is for you. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus, if you're watching online, just want to give your life to Jesus. Come on, this is for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I speak over everyone on their feet right now. We're going to call you to the altar in a minute and give you a chance to just come and just spend time with Jesus. But I want to speak a word over you. And it is the very word of God. Peace. Storm. Be silenced. You need to say it too. I'm saying it, but you need to just say it for your situation. You need to claim it over your life. Storm, be silent. Peace over my circumstance. Peace over my storm. I want to remind you of the very scripture we opened this message up with. The enemy, the adversary, he comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. But Jesus says, I come to give you life and to give you abundant life. Peace. I speak peace over your situation. I speak peace over marriages. I speak peace over financial problems. I speak peace over jobs and uh, businesses. I, I speak peace over a fear to obey God in a promise he's called you to or something he's called you into. Peace over fear over fear right now in Jesus name in Jesus name I'm going to ask you to take the next step and if you're standing to your feet I'm going to ask you to respond and just make an altar come to this altar make an altar where you are there's something powerful about just spending time with Jesus as they begin to sing I want you just to move out of your seat and just come come on just obey right now just obey there's a place there's a place of surrender this morning I surrender all to you Jesus all to you I freely give right now I'm not holding anything back I'm surrendering everything. Come on, just make it personal between you and God. Personal between you and God. Thank you, Jesus. Peace. You're going to walk out of here in a place of peace that you haven't known in a long time. In a place of victory. Peace. Be still. Peace.
Peace.